Welcome to the Become Podcast from the Salvation Army Croc Center in Grand Rapids, Michigan. This is the place where you'll get to know some of the Croc Center leadership, maybe meet some new people, and most importantly, hear how God can help us grow to be the community center and people he wants us to become. Now here's your host, Lieutenant Taylor Bruto. Hey Croc, welcome to episode two of Church of the Croc and All Things Ministry. I'm so glad that you have uh, either come back or just starting to listen. But if you are just starting to listen and have not listened to part one of Church at the Croc and All Things Ministries, uh, make sure you listen to that episode first. But this episode, this part two is um, one of this is the fun stuff when I ask uh, the questions that I'm asking every every guest for this 2017 2018 year. Um, Who is the most influential person in your life what would be your dream job and the fun bonus question as i like to call it if you could travel anywhere in the world where would you go and why and both of them had such interesting responses so you're going to want to keep listening to find out more about dan and matt and what they bring to the table for ministry we love you guys and we're glad you're on here listening and learning more about ministry in the salvation army and the grand rapids croc center Hi, I'm Brent Wilcoxon, Director of Business at the Grand Rapids Croc Center. I've been a Kids Hope mentor for nearly five years, and I've been privileged to be paired with my current student for four of those years, starting when he was a kindergartner. I began mentoring with the idea that it was critical to demonstrate care and concern and to help my student realize he is important, unique, and loved. I also believed it was important to encourage him to think bigger thoughts and to expand his horizons. In addition, I knew that any additional positive involvement in his life could only aid in his academic, social, and spiritual growth. What I didn't know when I started is the impact it would have on me. Really understanding struggles and pressures that I only knew about intellectually was helping me expand outside my small sphere to better engage and relate to people different from me. Having an opportunity to, in some small way, positively impact his life is for me a life changer. To become a Kids Hope USA mentor or for more information, please contact Education Manager Megan Loheed. So let's kind of switch gears a little bit. Like the Croc Center, let's first say like the Croc Center, church happens here everywhere. Like it's not just on Sunday mornings when we have church at the Croc, but it happens in the pool, it happens in the gym, it happens outside. Um, you know, those round tables in our lobby, like churches, I, I believe church is happening there a lot too. Sure. Um, and I think it happens in our lunchroom, you know, you just, Dan, you just came from the lunchroom and you were having some good conversation with yeah, your coworkers. Yeah. And that's, that's what we like to see here. Um, however, we do have church here and it honestly, I like have a little fear that somebody from my old churches are going to hear this, but all congregation I've, congregations I've been part of have been great, and I've learned so much, and I have had a really good, um, lots of good experiences at a lot of different churches that I have either pastored at or, um, you know, been just sitting in the pews worshiping on Sunday or right. been involved in, yeah. um, and they all have equally, uh, you know, spoken into my life, but something here is like really happening and I don't know I think I have had separate conversations with with both of you about Sunday mornings can be hard like because sometimes as for me I'll talk personally like I don't always want to do something just because it's what I should be doing like I want to actually be doing it because I want to be doing it so my life is a struggle because most things in life I mean (laughs) 
I said right Dan knows me really time. well. Dan knows me really well. But um, so this is this inward battle I have of like, well, why do we have to do it that way, or why are we going to do it? But um, or you know, it's nine a.m. on a Sunday morning. Like, where should I be? I should be here. And I struggle with the idea of church having to be on Sunday morning. And you know, there's lots of things that. I object to in life. I like to disturb what's going on and change it up. However, man, I just love Sunday mornings right now. Like I love, I love just chatting with people. I love the worship. I love, I love that no matter what is going to happen, that I have people who are, that I, that I love near me and in the room with me and, and people who love me. And like we really do a good job of taking care of each other I think I think we try there's sure. some things probably slip through the cracks and we're not always perfect and we're humans but I'd love to know your thoughts about what you're thinking like where we're at at church on Sunday mornings and um, your feelings Sundays here are definitely uh, special times I don't know I was the, the word that came to my mind was gathering um, because I know that's a phrase that a lot of churches use for their service, but but what I thought of was how it really is a gathering where where you have a, a group of people who meet right at ten o'clock and the process starts, but then people gather and then there's another gather and another gather. People just keep coming, and so by the time the service progresses, there's a there's a large group of people. By the time the gathered. sermon hits, there's yeah. <laughs> well, I know that could be. I'm looking at it very you know, you positive are. gathering you kind of approach to We have ministry. people that come in at 945, a <laughs> group that comes in at 10, a group that comes in at 1015. But what I like there's is, sign up list. is <laughs> when you have conversation with some of those folks, they they say things and they, they they know they're coming later but they want to come and they want to be a part of whatever God is going to do that day and that that to me is I mean that's what it ought to be you know so yeah. whether um, it's a the gathering song they come in on or mm-hmm. right. or later and, on and it's we joke about awesome. the time right. because it is humorous right. yeah. how people come in different groups at different times but I think we're just really thankful. Like our team, the ministry team is super thankful that people are just coming. Like if you come for the last 10 minutes, which we've had people come in like right at the ending prayer and we're like, okay, well, that's a wrap. (laughs) Go in peace. Oh, but that blessed me so, you know, what? What? Okay, Lord, it's your business, not ours. So, and it's just, you know, you could fight against it and be like, everyone needs to be on time. But like, we just are embracing the fact that people are there. And we want them there. And I'm totally the type of person that's like, oh, I'm going to be 20 minutes late. Might as well not go. So I'm glad that people <laughs> See, are like, oh, yeah, man, like, it's yep. 10 o'clock, but I'm just not going to stress. And I'm going to get my kids out the door right. and treat everyone with kindness instead of yelling at them to get out the door and just get to church in peace and harmony. Right. And then we can just worship God in those moments that we're there. The other side of that that's positive, I think, is that people who are coming in and out of the facility, you know, to use the facility to for exercise or just to relax themselves, then they come by and they see people coming in and out of there mm-hmm. and they think, what's going on? So they come and peek and then who knows? I mean, we've had people come in and sit down for a while 
and listen and and share in those moments and then yeah. then they leave. But that's that's good. That's yeah. sort of a market. We, that's what uh, Jesus taught. People were coming and going and hubbub bub, you know, and right. we have employees. We have employees that'll stop in for twenty minutes yeah, and then right. go, you know, to the gym or the fitness floor and you know clock in. And then we have. Um, we have even church members who come pretty frequently who come in their workout clothes and they send their kids, they'll send their kids into Sunday school and then they'll go for a run and then come get their kids. And, and like, that's what church I think at the crack is about is we're not here to say, come in your church clothes and sit quietly, but come and be yourself and learn from, learn more about Jesus, but, you know, build that community and of course, we want people to find Jesus. Absolutely. That's our goal. But we want people to be discipled and grow. Right. And we're willing to, you know, come alongside people and do that with them. Sorry, Matt. No, no. Go I ahead. think, I think all of what you guys are saying ties into um, this bigger idea of for a long time. It, I can only speak from my experience. But for, for me, the church has for a long time felt like an either or place. Either you're a Christian or you're not. And if you are a Christian, you, you can stay. If you're not, then you have to get out. And uh, I, I think that there is value in the either or for some things. Um, for instance, like when we're, when we're deciding on a leader for the church, there, there has to be some kind of an either or, yeah. you know, and there can't we it, it, it can't be in anybody's game when it comes to leadership. You can't have someone who who doesn't. Um, I don't know. I'll just stay away from that. But so, which is totally fine. But what you're saying is that there are expectations for people who are in church leadership roles, right? And we should be saying. This is the way that it needs to be for leadership. But when it comes to, is that right? right Am I right. wrapping that up yeah. the right way? Okay. But applying that principle to church membership yes. does not work. And what we've seen, you know, you think about the history of the church for the past thousand years. Um, we've become, the church became for a long time the social. Um, I don't want to say dictator, but kind of the social governor of over what was acceptable, what wasn't acceptable. And that worked for a time and that was good for a time. But unfortunately, the church, Christ didn't come so that we would be able to dictate to others what they should and should not do. Um, And when you read through the epistles, when Paul writes to people, he says over and over again, you know, all things are acceptable, but not all things are beneficial. You know, I can't really tell you to do this or that. Like, you just have to rely on that spiritual relationship mm-hmm. to let you know whether this is a stumbling block for yourself and for those around you or not. And so I think that something I love about the Croc Church is that we aren't, we aren't um, just going for the status quo for what has been for the church for a long time. Instead, what we're doing is we're wrestling with those principles and we're wrestling with the application of scripture and with Christ's message for us today. 
And I think that that's something that makes me more excited about being at the church is that I'm not just being told, you know, you need to follow this set of guidelines and this set of rules, and then you, your life needs to fit into this picture. Um, but instead, we're saying, well, you know, this is these are the these are the either ors. You know, Christ loves us. Either either you accept that or you don't. You know, but it's not a you have to accept that to be in our church. You it you don't even have to acknowledge that God exists to be in our church. It's whoever, it's both Christians and non-Christians yeah. who want to gather, who want to be with us and and to wrestle with those truths and principles and all other things that we think about our different philosophies about what life is and what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a human being and why the heck are we here? You know, yeah. why why are we even existing in, in those bigger questions that really get to the core of people and, and that get them excited about life when we talk about those things? Yeah. Dan, did you have a thought? Well, I was just reading uh, this morning um, an email from Richard Rohr. He doesn't email me personally, but, you know, anyway. Anyway, he had a list of this pastor, uh, Quaker pastor, made a list of things that values their church embraced and one of them was the affirming of the potential is more important than a constant reminding a person of their brokenness mm. and so and and i think we we need to face our, our brokenness i'm not suggesting that i don't know exactly what he means by this but but there is you know embracing a potential of someone is pretty significant and if you can help people because and I keep going back to our statement of purpose for our church is that we want to move people onto their next spiritual step and they're in their walk with God, and so that so that means that there must be several steps, you know. And so there's different places where people are on that. If you look at it like a ladder or stairs or or just walking across uh, a meadow or something, you know, there's steps that people go through. And, and it's not for me or for us to say what, what, what step they're at, but, but God speaks in their hearts. And we believe that strongly. We're Wesleyans, you know, we believe the Holy Spirit works in our lives and, and, and reminds us of things we need to do or what's next and guides us in that way. And, um, yeah, I, and we have to be willing, we have to be willing to start the discipleship process. Yeah. And that looks different. Like we, we try to, Jesus, of course, has the best example of that. And I had this thought the other day. I was just reading through some things in the gospel, and I was like, not that Jesus had it easy, because I realized that he was headed yeah, towards the cross. Right. But, I mean, like the people he was discipling, they knew the Torah. Like, that's just what they did. And there are so many times where we're discipling where I'm like, I'm starting from literally like, you, let's just get down uh, John three sixteen like God so loved the world like we're starting at the very beginning, and that somebody has had a whole lifetime of religion or or learning about going to church maybe not and they have a lot of knowledge in their head but it hasn't either gone to their heart or they've been hurt by the church and when you're hurt by the church it, it leads to this. This, this whole ripple effect of questioning your faith. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of us in our church are recovering from religion and being just churchgoers. If that, right. Does that make sense? I'm sure it does. And like I've had a lot of even conversations with you guys about um, 
you know, we get these ideas that, like, Veggie Tales is exactly how Faith is. And really, it's not a cartoon. It's real-life stuff. Right. And um, a lot of churches unintentionally develop these ideas and thoughts that are translated into our lives mm-hmm. that we think is the only way. Like, it's, you know... And like you said, like, there are things that, like, you know, this is either or, but there are so many things that it's and or. Like, we can we can do this and this, and we... But it gets sticky, and it gets hard to d- define a lot of things. But um, it's a lot of people, I think, in our church are really wrestling with a lot of new ideas and a lot of... Not new ideas as in, like, they're not new to the world or to faith or for, to Christianity, but they're new to them. And I think our world is crazy right now. And there are so right. many things happening, and it steers Christian... It sends Christians into this this thought process, like processing and wrestling with God about why this or why that. And um, I think that in the last four months I've had about six or seven people ask me how God is a good, how, Mm. how can we sing good, good father when all these bad things are happening? Mm. And, and I, and it's hard to answer those questions because you know that their feelings are real. Like they are just, having a hard time with coping with their personal life or the crazy world that we live in with lots of tragedy. Um, but we know that that God is our Father who doesn't want these things to happen. I mean, have you guys ran, run into that at all? Like, at people asking you, like, how do we worship a good, good Father when all this chaos is happening? Right, right. Certainly. What, people, I mean... I think it depends on your perspective, I guess, on what, you know, it's it's not God's fault that the world is as it is. And that I know, I know we say, well, God could prevent that from happening and so forth. But, and, and, well, the atheist person I can hear saying, you know, God would, um, God, if God were a good God, he would, he or she would stop that, you know, and right now we're in a, in a, world of and that follows a pattern of sin and death and and in that pattern all these horrible things are going to happen people do things to each other um we impact our environment we impact other people you know because of bad or greedy or mean or or evil desires or, or decisions that are made and so that whole pattern just works on us in a in a destructive way and and God is trying to break through and 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 bring this message of hope and joy and life to us uh, to eventually turn it around. Not not that we're able maybe to save this world, this planet, but there will be the scriptures tell us a, re- a remnant of people, which doesn't mean a small group necessarily. It could be a huge, large multitude of people, like in the book of Revelation says, of every nation and, and nationality and and uh, racial background, everything together, united. And in this, so that vision kind of drives us forward that, you know, it's not, God's not responsible for the death of a child in, in um, Nairobi or, you know, wherever. Um, you know, you think, well, you think of that, the water, the droughts, you know, the weather and the pattern of just the way the weather works and this earth works. And then you've got 
governments and terrorists and people who are withholding water from people, you know, so it's, it's, it's a multitude of reasons. And, uh, and I think that when we function out of our brokenness, a lot of good can come. But if yeah. we're not, I don't, if we're not seeking Christ, if we're not seeking the good, the good and all yeah. that, if that right. makes sense. Right. And our brokenness turns into, um, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for, um, not vengeance, but sometimes it gets to that point. But when we're, when we're functioning out of that, that's when our lives kind of start spiraling and mm-hmm. people start making, because yeah. I think we're all still, even at like Christ comes in, you know, like we get, we get saved and we start working. I think our, our way through whole, what the Salvation Army would say holiness would be, and we're trying to grow closer to Christ. Um, God starts healing those brokenness, that brokenness. But when you're not going through that healing process, it can become dangerous, right, I think, right. too. Well, even, I mean, the person, even just what I just said, is kind of like an argument against feeling, you know, how do, how do we look at God as a good, good father? in the midst of all my pain, you know, that's just just, just going to be water over whatever the dam, I guess. I don't know. Just yeah. It's not going to, it's meaningless until, until you experience that or take that step of faith in the midst of your crisis, in the midst of your difficulty. I, I was thinking of a story I heard at that uh, cross-cultural conference that the woman was telling a story of a young man, a uh, Palestinian, um, who was in Palestine, and um, his parents had been killed, and and he was alone. And um, he's a Christian man, and uh, he uh, there was some bombs that went off somewhere, and or maybe he was Syrian. I'm sorry, I think he was Syrian. I'm sorry. Anyway, he um, was under his bed, and the words that came to his mind with was, "You're a good, good father." Um, and you think, you know, I don't know if that'd be what would be on my mind in that immediate moment, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right. yet that, as he told his story, that's what was on his mind, mm-hmm. is that my Heavenly Father is watching over me, even in the midst of all this unreasonable um, nonsense that's going on around me. Well, we've like actually talked a lot about uh, talked about a lot of deep stuff, which I think is I love that stuff. You guys kind of know that. Um, but if any of this conversation about Croc Church has um, intrigued any of our listeners, I think that we would love to. I think you guys would agree. Love to yes. see them. And Advent starts this Sunday, and our Sunday worship service is at ten a.m. And we will be, and we do have coffee. There's always coffee it's available. <laughs> but our our uh, Advent series is called Noel, and I'm going to have Dan read this little synopsis. Sure. Well, uh, you may or may not know that Noel was first used in English. It was in a in the Webster Dictionary in 1828 as a shout for joy or a Christmas song. And there are two possible origins of the word. One is related to nativity or birth. The other is news. And when we sing Noel, we shout with joy the wonderful news that a Savior is born. Whenever we sing the carol or we greet someone with a joyous Noel, it's more than Merry Christmas. How about that? It means we are announcing that good news. Look what God has done. 
Jesus Christ is born, not just for the people of the Bible, but for all humanity. In this Advent season, we're going to celebrate the wonderful love shown to us. Noel, the amazing story of love. So come to church and um, participate and worship with us and gather um, as we worship the newborn king. Uh, and as we kind of end here, I always, this year, I'm asking three questions to my listeners. But we're running low on time, so you guys got to answer quickly. Who is the most influential person in your life? It cannot, Jesus is always the answer, but it cannot be your answer today, right now. Today, right now, um, I think Erwin McManus. Good stuff. You want to tell us why? Well, I'm reading this book. Like a- <laughs> reading a book, a new book. He was diagnosed with some cancer recently, and, and so he's going through some challenges, and the book is uh, something about an arrow. First arrow? Last arrow. Last arrow. Last arrow. Yeah, like your quiver, you're going to shoot your last arrow. Anyway, it's very good. I like oh, it. I'll have to check that out. All right, Matt. Oh, my gosh. Whenever I get asked this question, I feel really nervous that I'm someone's going to like be like, why didn't you pick me? <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> Oh, now I'm getting Dan oh, thinking. He's no. like, oh, I should have said <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And instead I said Erwin McManus. Mm. All right. I don't know. I, I'm horrible at this kind of stuff. Um, I guess the first person that comes to mind is Paul from from Scripture because he just does such a great job of, of – ju- he just does it. He doesn't play around. He doesn't play the popular game or – or any other stuff, yeah. he just gets right down to it. That's I appreciate that, Me especially too. when he calls Peter out. Too. Right. <laughs> I know. I was like, "Who was it that he called out?" It's oh, Peter. Yeah, it Where is that? Peter, it's yeah. at the beginning of one of his letters. Yeah, and he literally calls an him axe. out. It's an axe yeah. as well. I think yeah, right. Maybe it's a couple times. Yeah, that's for hanging out with the Judaizers. Right. Yeah. Um. What would be your dream job besides the one you have right now? <laughs> you want to go? Hard questions. Um, I feel like with all your hobbies, you have like a hundred things that would be yeah, like your dream job. There really are. There, I. Yeah, I'm a person of short interests, so I get bumped <laughs> in attention span. I, I don't know. I really don't know what my dream job would be. I think it would be a, just a, a smorgasbord of different things. Um, so. Okay. That's actually a good answer. Woodworking, soap making, now you're making your own paper. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Is that a new thing? Did you just say that before we started? Paper? No. You say paper? Oh. No, I'm oh. just I'm getting in trouble for taking on too many projects. Oh, so I, from I from your fiance, from the boss, yeah, from the boss, from the boss. Oh. <laughs> so soap making and woodworking, yes, okay, just those, two. just those for now. I'm not waking. I I uh, yeah the uh, I always have thought because I saw this movie about uh, this person doing music producing. You know, producing albums and stuff, 
and I always and I, I really liked the way the character would say, like, "Oh, you should you should do it this or try this." And I always thought, you know, I'd really like to. I'm not a producer, but I'd really like to, you know, kind of. Um, I always thought about this for like like worship services or something, just sort of like kind of you know guide that and let let other people do their giftedness, but but to kind of guide it a little bit. And so I always thought that'd be cool and to do some of that here. I've been blessed to be able to. Yeah feel that a little bit so so you know that richard Rohr is like one of the leading people of the enneagram yes i know i've read that book i've read that one. Oh, really yeah i'm like dying to know dan's enneagram number it's a personality typing for our listeners that i absolutely love i'm sure everyone's sick of me talking about and i'm fine with that you can be sick well of she it. told me it. i'm not who i think i am so <laughs> did i really say that to you yes <laughs> I'm so sorry. So I don't know. I just now read a book that said that I should never type people. I should never tell them their number. And so far, everyone I've ever talked to them about it, I've typed them. So I'm a failure at this spiritual practice of knowing your personality. um, But when I hear you talk about these things, I'm like, oh, man, what number is he? It would help me so much. It just... Once you, you once it, you journey this the, this personality typing called the enneagram, yeah. you like it like opens your eyes to the world. Yeah, like there's nine lenses that people see the world. And right. I bet right. I bet there's another book out there that says if you don't type people, You'll then never, they'll never know who they are. Right. You so can't it's right. right. Yeah, you just do whatever you feel. That's well, right. No, I, I kind of tell you, you're one who you like to try to help people be their best and yeah. I know that's what you yeah. do is when you and then on how to relate to them too I've noticed that so you you know how you're going to approach someone or how you're going to talk to them so that's that is helpful tool I really try because to sometimes I'm just a little bit of a bulldozer so I try to like bring it back <laughs> bring it back I think you do well oh thanks thanks Dan <laughs> I'm trying I'm really trying so this is what I call my fun bonus question yeah and since we've gone way over our time, I might as well just keep going. <laughs> so, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go, and why, and who would you take? Anywhere. There's a there's a jet waiting for you, and you get to pick where you're going. I'll probably end up in uh, probably in Berlin, Germany. Um, I just, uh, my heart aches um, sometimes when I read about people in Berlin, and I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Anyway, that's it. Well, who would you take? Oh, my wife, of course, would go with me. Laura would go with me, and uh, probably my kids, too. My son would want to be there. My daughter would definitely want to be there, so. Yeah. So your whole family. Yeah. Someday you gotta make it happen, Maybe. Dan. Someday. That would be pretty cool. See, isn't it fun to dream? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sad about it? <laughs> no. I mean I'm not very thoughtful about it. Oh yeah, sudden. oh so you're probably processing like yeah. Ooh, like yeah. where would I go? What would I how would I do it? See, it's a fun question. <laughs> All right, Matt, you're up. Um I think I would go, I've been intrigued to go to Southeast Asia. I don't know why, but I keep thinking about that area. And I think that that would be a fun, um, 
Yeah, there. I mean, it's just a totally different world, and it'd be yeah. exciting to travel around the different countries there, and and I would go and by myself. You go by yourself. Yeah, I, I like. I really hope along. Angie does not listen <laughs> to this podcast. No, she knows that. Oh, okay. I would want to go by myself. <laughs> That's good. She yeah. knows that. <laughs> So you are going to Asia by yourself, and you're going to make your paper over there? Make my paper, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if I can't make it at home, I'm going to going Southeast to Asia. And you are, a- like, you are Asian. What I forget your dad yeah. is. I'm Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. So is that... Okay, I feel really stupid That's right not now. That's not, So you're not going to go no. to Japan? No. No. Interesting. Where is Japan from there? Northeast. Northeast? Yeah. So I sound really smart right now, so we should probably end this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Can't quite visualize Asia in my head right now. That's all right. So I'm going to Google it later. Make sure that the next podcast that we talk about geography, I know more information. (laughs) Okay, then. Well, podcast listeners, Matt Ajo and Dan Leisher and Lieutenant Taylor Bruto. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. It got a little deep for a while. Talked about our lives and church stuff. And um, if you have any questions about the conversations we had or clarification about... Where Southeast Asia is. Where Southeast (laughs) Asia is. Um, And again, this is... uh, just thoughts that we had on the top of our heads and we were not having a theological conversation but rather a conversation about gathering as the church and being being humans in the church and we all are wrestling with something uh, but we do believe that Jesus is the way the truth and the light and that he is the reason for the season and um, he is our salvation love you guys and I hope you enjoy see you later Thanks for tuning in to the Become Podcast. Please keep in mind that the views, comments, statements, and opinions expressed do not necessarily represent the official position of the Salvation Army. Be sure to find more episodes and crock information at our website, grcrockcenter.org. See you next time.